All right, guys, welcome back to the Growing Food and Feeding People podcast. Happy Friday and welcome back. If this is your first time here, my name's Cody. And whether you are a backyard gardener, small scale farmer, or market gardener, this show is for you. Every week, we do a deep dive into the world of gardening and provide you with the detailed strategies to maximize your harvest and make your season a true success. Again, my name's Cody with Simplistic Farms, and today we are going to explore a critical aspect of the gardening often overlooked, especially for you first-time gardeners, and that is planning for the harvest before planting. Now, if you're tired of seeing your hard work go to waste, stay tuned because today we have a wealth of knowledge to share with you. Now, imagine this scenario. You've dedicated countless hours to your garden, nurturing your plants with care and eagerly anticipating the moment when you can finally harvest your produce. But what comes next? And how can you ensure that your harvest remains fresh and delicious for as long as possible? Well, that's where meticulous planning for the harvest becomes essential. And trust me when I tell you, you don't want to have bushels full of beans and not know what to do with them, right? So are you ready to unlock the secrets of planning for a successful harvest? Now, did you know that understanding that specific harvest times and proper storage conditions for different crops can greatly impact their quality and longevity? Well, let's dive in. Now, the first step in planning for the harvest is actually understanding the optimal time to pick your produce. Now, it's crucial to know the specific harvesting window for each type of plant that you're actually growing. Now, here are some examples of optimal harvest times for popular fruits, vegetables, and herbs that you might be growing. Now the first one, of course, are your tomatoes. Now you want to harvest tomatoes when they're fully covered and firm, but still slightly soft to the touch. Now, a little pro tip for this, if you're a market gardener getting ready to harvest for customers or to take them to market, I actually like to harvest them when they're just a little bit green on the bottom yet, because that'll buy you a little bit of time, a couple extra days to prepare your produce for market without them becoming too ripe. Now, the optimal temperature for storing tomatoes is around 55 degrees Fahrenheit or 13 degrees Celsius. And they can last for up to two weeks in a cool, dry pantry or up to two months in the refrigerator. Now, second one is your leafy greens. Now, you know I love growing lettuce and salad mix, which is our lettuce mix, spinach, and baby kale. Now, you want to harvest these when the leaves are tender and vibrant. To maintain their freshness, you want to store the leafy greens in a plastic bag, preferably with a damp paper towel in the refrigerator at a temperature around 32 to 40 degrees Fahrenheit or 0 to 4 degrees Celsius. And they can typically last for up to a week easily. Now the Salanova lettuce I grow, going through the wash and dry and pack process, will actually last a couple weeks. So depending on your process, you may be able to stretch out the time. Now the third one is root vegetables, such as your carrots and your beets. Now you want to harvest these when the roots have reached their mature size. And you want to remove the tops and store the roots in a cool, dark place with a temperature around 32 to 40 degrees Fahrenheit, again, 0 to 4 degrees Celsius, with a high humidity. The carrots can actually last for several months, while beets can last up to three months if stored properly. But again, you want to make sure you remove the greens from the roots, otherwise they will suck the moisture right out of the roots, they'll grow, they'll go dry, and they'll be no good. Now, what do you call a stolen yam? Haha, <laughs> potato. <laughs> Got it slipped right in there. You thought you were gonna get through one without a dad joke. Now, did you know, and this is not a joke, 
that paying attention to specific handling and storage techniques can significantly extend the freshness and shelf life of your produce? Well, let's move on to that next step, and that is handling and storage. Once you've harvested your produce, it is vital to handle it with the utmost care to avoid bruising or damaging, which can lead to spoilage. So here are some specific tips for handling and storing various types of produce. Now, with your berries, of course, you want to gently place the berries into shallow containers, taking care not to stack them too high to avoid crushing them. You want to store the berries in the refrigerator at a temperature of around 32 to 40 degrees Fahrenheit or 0 to 4 degrees Celsius. Most berries, such as strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, they can last for about 3 to 5 days when stored properly. Now that being said guys, a little pro tip, if you wash those berries and you put them in a mason jar, they can last considerably longer than that. Now the second one is apples. You really want to handle apples gently to prevent bruising. Because as I said a minute ago, bruising can actually lead to early spoiling. So you want to store them in a cool place such as the root cellar or refrigerator. Again, at a temperature around 32 to 40 degrees Fahrenheit with a high humidity. The apples can last for several weeks up to several months depending on the variety. And the third one is your herbs. Now after harvesting herbs, you want to remove any damaged or discolored leaves and give them a gentle rinse. You want to dry them thoroughly using a salad spinner or by patting them with a clean towel. Now you can store your herbs by wrapping them loosely in a damp paper towel, placing them in a plastic bag and storing them in the refrigerator. Most herbs such as basil, parsley, or cilantro can last for up to a week or two when stored this way. Now number four, let's talk about your potatoes. Now you want to handle your potatoes carefully to avoid bruising just like your apples. You want to store them in a cool, dark place like a root cellar or pantry at a temperature of around 45 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit or 7 to 10 degrees Celsius with a high humidity. The potatoes can actually last for several weeks up to several months depending on the variety and storage conditions. And the fifth one, let's talk about citrus fruits such as your oranges or your lemons. Now we don't get a chance to grow a lot of these up here or get them fresh so when we do we want to know how to store them and citrus can actually be stored at room temperature if you plan on consuming them within the week. For longer storage you want to place them in the refrigerator in a mesh bag or perforated plastic bag and the citrus fruits and the citrus fruits can typically last for up to two to three weeks in the fridge. Now did you know that by choosing the right preservation methods and following specific techniques you can actually enjoy your garden's bounty for months or even years? That's right guys, we actually try to grow enough here out in our garden to last us all year for a few specific crops. Now let's move on to the next and final step, which is just that, that's your preservation. See, we don't just leave everything in the fridge for a week or two. There's a lot of things we want to grow enough of so we can store all winter long. Now, preserving your surplus harvest is an excellent way to enjoy flavors of your garden long after the growing season has actually ended. Myself, I like a fresh PB&J with fresh strawberry jam every single day if possible. So my wife makes sure to make enough strawberry jam and blueberry jam to last me the entire year. I think we just went and picked 31 and a half pounds of strawberries as a matter of fact. So we go to a local strawberry farmer for that as we're always trying to support the others in the community here. So 
let's dive deep into specific preservation methods and their effectiveness for different crops. Now the first one we're going to talk about of course is canning. My wife does a ton of canning every year. She is fantastic at it. I should probably have her hold a master class. But canning is a popular preservation method that involves heat processing your produce to kill off the bacteria and sealing it in the jars. Now the shelf life of canned goods can vary depending on the acidity of the food and the quality of the sealing process. High acid foods like tomatoes can last for up to one to two years when properly canned and stored in a cool dark place. Low acid foods such as your beans and corn can actually last up to three to five years. So if you're worried about the grid going down and not having electricity or maybe there being a food shortage, canning is a great way to stock up just to be prepared, at least for the next year, right? Cut down on your grocery bill. Now, number two is freezing. Now, freezing is also an effective preservation method for many fruits, vegetables, and herbs. Before freezing, you want to blanch the vegetables by briefly immersing them into boiling water, then transferring them into an ice bath to stop the cooking process. You want to pack the blanched produce into freezer-safe containers or bags, removing as much air as possible. Properly frozen produce can last from six months up to one year depending on the item. And then the third method is drying. Drying is a traditional preservation method that removes moisture from produce, inhibiting the growth of the bacteria and the molds. For herbs, you can bundle them together and hang them upside down in a well-ventilated area until they are completely dry. For fruits and vegetables, they can be dried by using a dehydrator or by placing them in an oven at a low temperature. And properly dried produce can actually last for several months up to a year when stored in airtight containers in a cool, dark place. And I know that we actually put our dehydrator use a ton throughout the season and it has well made its money back. So, so I am a huge fan of drying. Now let's recap a little bit what we've learned so far. Now we know that planning for the harvest and planting is a fundamental aspect of your gardening success. And by implementing these specific strategies, you can actually ensure that your hard work yields long-lasting results. Now the first thing you want to do is you want to research and understand the optimal harvesting times and safe storage conditions for each fruit, vegetable, and herbs that you plan on growing. You want to handle your produce with care and avoid bruising and damaging them during the harvest and post-harvesting process. And you want to store your produce in an appropriate environment with the right temperature, humidity, and air circulation. And the fourth thing, you want to make sure that you consider preservation methods such as canning, freezing, and drying to extend the shelf life of your surplus harvest. Now, are you ready to apply these detailed strategies to make the most of your garden's abundance? You want to remember that planning for the harvest is an integral part of ensuring that your garden efforts are rewarded with a bountiful and long-lasting harvest. You want to make sure that all that hard work doesn't go to waste because you don't have a plan and you don't know what to do with it once you have a whole bunch of veggies in your lap. Now that you've got a deeper understanding of the planning for the harvest and handling and storage as well as some preservation methods, now it's time to actually put this knowledge into action. But let's explore a few additional tips and considerations to enhance your post-harvest care and storage practices. Now the first thing is your proper storage containers. When selecting containers for storing your produce, you want to choose options that are clean, food safe, and airtight. Mason jars, freezer safe bags, and vacuum sealed containers are excellent choices depending on the preservation method that you're opting for. 
You also want to remember that you want to label each container with the contents and the date of preservation for easy identification 3, 6, 12 months down the road. Now the second thing you want to consider is your ethylene management. Some fruits and veggies produce a natural ripening agent called ethylene, which can speed up the ripening process and affect the quality of the nearby produce. So to prevent premature spoilage, it's essential to separate the ethylene producing items such as your apples or your tomatoes from ethylene sensitive ones like your leafy greens or your potatoes. Number three, you might want to consider a rotation system. Now if you have a surplus of harvest, it's a good practice to implement a rotation system for your stored produce. Consume the older items first to prevent any wastage or loss of quality and keep an inventory of what you have and you can plan your meals accordingly throughout the year to enjoy a variety of freshly preserved produce. And then the fourth thing you want to do is a quality check. You regularly want to inspect your stored produce to ensure that it remains in good condition. You want to remove any damaged or spoiled items promptly to prevent the spread of decay to other produce. It's also helpful to periodically organize and rearrange your storage area to maintain proper airflow and visibility. Now how do you plan to implement these additional tips and optimize your post-harvest care and storage practices? You want to remember attention to detail and ongoing monitoring are key to preserving the quality of your flavor of harvest. Now if you're harvesting for market, say you're growing a little extra, a little more than you guys need for your family and friends or what you're going to can and preserve for the year, then you want to think about how you're going to store and present and sell your produce, right? What size containers are you going to use? What kind of cooling units are you going to need to keep your produce fresh? Are you going to grow so much that you need a walk-in cooler? Or will an extra refrigerator or two do? How much produce are you going to sell at one time? You know, we would use pints, quarts, bunches, and bags, right? So we would have pint containers, quart containers, five ounce bags, one gallon bags, and then we would have bunches, bunches of bunches of green onions, bunches of carrots, bunches of beets, bunches of radishes. So you need to figure out how you're gonna store all of those, how you're gonna package them, what you're gonna package them in, and then how you're gonna get them to where they're gonna go. So whether you need totes, or baskets, or tables, all this stuff needs to be thought of ahead of time. So you're not sitting there wondering on harvest day just exactly what you're going to do with that stuff. You want to have all of that figured out way ahead of time. So how do you plan to implement these additional tips to optimize your post-harvest care and storage practices? You want to remember attention to detail and ongoing monitoring are key to preserving the quality of your flavor of your harvest. Now as we come to an end of this episode, I hope you guys are feeling equipped with the knowledge and insights needed to plan for the harvest, handle and store your produce with care, and explore different preservation methods. By implementing these strategies, you can enjoy the fruits of your labor for months to come. So again, I want to thank you today for joining us on the Growing Food and Feeding People podcast. I hope that you found this episode informative and inspiring. And we are back from a break, dropping new episodes every Monday and Friday, so stay tuned for future episodes where we're going to continue to explore the fascinating world of gardening. And remember, with proper planning and post-harvest care, your garden's abundance can be savored long after the last seeds are sown so we are in the heat of it guys get out there get your hands dirty make somebody smile this week and we will talk to you on the next one